Hey, it is our last message in the series, um, Reality Check from Mathan. So it's exciting and sad at the same time, right? It's exciting because we get to hear another one, sad that it's coming to an end. But um, while he gets himself so I want to know what this is about here. He's got some mystery prop here. So don't fall asleep, stay tuned. Um, let's, let's give Mathan a hand for as long as it takes him to get ready. Keep going, keep going. You ready? Awesome, thank you. Today's a good day. I am a little bit excited about this morning. Who thinks the band are on fire this morning? I just want to... Uh, Draw attention to Mr. B. Wood. It might be slightly bit obvious. Barry W. Shall we? Shall we call you? <laughs> uh, he's been coming back into the band over the last couple of months or so. And this morning, absolutely awesome, shredding it up. Uh, let's give Barry a round of applause. Cool. Thank you, everybody. You may be seated. Cool. Right, I'm going to try not to take too much time, but I'm going to just lay a foundation so we can uh, end big. I'm just going to keep this back a little because I like a bit of space. As Kirsty said, uh, it's the last week of Reality Check series where we're looking at Book of One Corinthians. Uh, some people might be sad, some might be excited. Uh, I'm quite happy that the last kind of month and a half's worth of late nights and uh, kind of spare time is now being released as we head into the Christmas season. Uh, Carmen will get her husband back, uh, which I think she should be pretty... <laughs> she can share. Uh, so it's good. And in these five weeks, we have looked uh, at the book and there's been five key areas where the Corinthians were doing uh, life their own way, kind of following Jesus and had set up their own reality about how to follow him and how to do this faith in their city and in their culture. There are five problems which then Paul uh, directs them to look at them through the life of Jesus and to have a reality check looking at through the lens of the life of Jesus and how that might change their perspective in week one, we had foolish unity. Week two, let's talk about sex. Week three was right to love. And last week, the most excellent way, all about love. And today, it's all or nothing, baby. It's all or nothing. I'm just going to ask, uh, I've got something related to this thing down here. Uh, Can we please hand out the paper and the pens? And once that's done, we'll put the basket uh, up here if that uh, is stable enough. Uh, I'm going to hand out uh, just a sheet of paper to each and a pen. Uh, feel free to, if you like doodling, that's more than fine. I just ask that you leave uh, space to write at least a couple of words, just a couple of words in there on either side, uh, whatever you might want to do with that. Uh, if you're a, a doodler learner, then maybe... Finally, on week five of the series, you might take in the content today. Um, so feel free to use the paper and the pen how you see fit until the end. 
in 1 Corinthians 15, there's 16 chapters. Uh, chapter 16 is kind of like just final greetings and goodbyes and just some final thoughts. But today we're just going to focus on chapter 15. There's a whole chapter based on the resurrection. Now what resurrection means is Jesus being raised from the dead. The issue here in chapter 15 was the Corinthians struggled in their understanding of resurrection. Verse 12 of chapter 15. And have to follow, if it's confusing, it's okay. It sounds like a bit like a riddle. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Does it make sense to anybody? Easy to follow? Uh, it, it's kind of, if you read it quickly, it goes back and forth a little bit. It might sound, it's just kind of repeating essentially the same point through and through. What Paul was addressing is, <clears throat> in the Greek culture at the time, their thought was that only the soul was immortal. So the body could not be raised from the dead. So they were confused and weren't sure about the cross and resurrection. Because if they didn't believe the, there was resurrection, then how could Jesus be resurrected? And Jesus then just may as well have been one of their philosophers and teachers that came through their city, as we've learned in the previous weeks. But Paul says, if that's the thinking they follow, <clears throat> then their faith is futile. See, to follow Jesus, we can't just believe he is a good teacher, in inverted commas. If you follow him in his teachings, he can only be a proper, real, or good, or accurate teacher if what he taught, him about, what he taught about himself comes true. We can't just take some of it, we've got to take all of it. We need to take all of his teaching in consideration, and not just the nice fluffy stuff, the stuff that might make a nice little quote on, on uh, Instagram or Pinterest. And if we do take all this teaching in consideration, then there isn't a middle ground. You can't just kind of pick and choose the stuff that tickles our ears. What is fundamental to the teaching and the life of Jesus is that he died and he rose again. Many in the Corinthians culture, and indeed ours today, might try and separate the resurrection from good teacher but we can't. It is all together in one package. Because with Jesus, it is all or nothing. Many people might try and kind of quote and say, oh yeah, Jesus, he was a historical figure. But if you take some of the stuff he says like that, then you've got to consider the weight of everything else he taught to kind of figure out where it makes sense. And then that's the conclusion you have to come to. You either are all in with following him, or it's nothing. If you're just picking and choosing, it may as well just be nothing. So the solution that Paul comes to is he talks through this chapter 
the answer to their reality check and giving a perspective on the resurrection, he starts with affirming the resurrection of Christ. In verse 3, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Which tells us a few things that we receive revelation of the resurrection and we're to pass it on to other people too. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Talking about all the prophecy and all the uh, speaking of what would happen in the life of Jesus. Paul then goes on through the chapter. I'm going to skip right through because it could take a long time. He goes on to discuss the future hope of bodily resurrection and glorification for all followers of Christ, which is talking about heaven and what would happen at the end when we have, as Chris is talking about, eternal life, when we spend that time with Jesus. Paul works through the chapter then comes to this conclusion in verse 54. When the perishable has been clothed, clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, with immortality, talking about heaven, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But, thanks be to God. Who likes a big Bible but and cannot lie? <laughs> See, because I added the extra B, it's all right. It's all right, okay. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gave us the victory when He sent Jesus and Jesus died on the cross. Paul's conclusion through this, through all of the confusion, through all of the discussion and uh, the Corinthians' thoughts on, on how this all applied in their culture was to point them to the cross and end with the ultimate outcome that Jesus brought the victory. It is very much all and not much nothing. It's very much all. And when we were all in with Jesus, it means we can have victory through our faith in Jesus. All we need is our faith in Jesus to have that victory. In Colossians chapter 2, to take it outside of Corinthians, chapter 2, verse, uh, the second half of verse 13, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Paul describes God's powerful act of conquest on the cross and shows that he had stripped his opponents, talking about the devil, of their weapons and exhibited them as impotent and defeated enemies. There's this term uh, in, in history called apodosis. It describes uh, something from ancient military life where the commander of the conquering army would publicly strip the defeated commanding officer of every weapon and remove his rank from his shoulders, remove the insignia of rank to demonstrate 
total victory and unconditional surrender of the enemy. And shame them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. This is what we have through Jesus. He has shamed the devil, he has defeated death. The ultimate power that the devil had was to bring death into the world. But when Jesus rose from the death on the third day, he had victory. He has taken everything that the devil could throw at him. The devil tempted him in the desert. He threw every kind of uh, temptation at him. Got through his life. He could have, Jesus could have taken another path. He could have called out, he could have commanded angels to bring him off the cross. But he knew that he was going to shame the devil with what he had to do. See, Jesus won. And what Paul describes is the ultimate victory over death is when we're all reunited with Jesus in heaven. This is through chapter 15 in our resurrection bodies. But in the meantime, you might be thinking, well, it's all, all good and well to be talking about victory, but have you turned on the news lately? See, we live in a world, we're in this tension between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. We live in a world that is influenced by Satan, by the devil. But as we learned in Brendan's Kingdom of Heaven series earlier this year, and Chris was talking a bit about kingdom earlier, the kingdom, when we bring it, we can bring it to earth in increasing measures and push back the darkness. We have discussed us up to this point, having a reality check through the book of 1 Corinthians. But the ultimate reality check is for the devil. When we know we have victory and start acting on it. See, when we stand as God's people and step into the victory provided by Jesus, it is a new reality of the kingdom of God advancing. The kingdom of God not shrinking back. The people of God taking a step forward and the kingdom of heaven being laid a hold of. The kingdom of God spreads through us and through us we can bring a little light into the darkness. A little bit more light into the darkness and eventually pushing back so there is no darkness. The devil's biggest weapon against us is doubt. He likes to confuse our gospel reality. He says, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't listen to that guy talking about just push, pushing back on my power and spreading light and the kingdom of heaven coming. He'll place doubt in our minds about the word God has spoken about this reality check. But he has no other tools. He has no other method. He's been doing it since day one. You just got to look at the story of Adam and Eve. How, do, how does the devil get to turn Adam and Eve and get them to eat the, the one fruit that they shouldn't? Did God really say? He asked them a question that places doubt into their mind. Did God really say? He will place doubt in our mind about what Jesus has done. Is that really the reality you can have, that you can live in victory, that we can bring the kingdom of heaven advancing on earth, that we can walk into a place and we can lay hands on people and see them healed, that we can see people with their minds bound up, we can see them freed? Is that really the reality, he would ask? 
But that's when we need to stand up and say, no more devil. We believe that we are living in victory. And, and when we are living in victory, it means we're living in the knowledge that Satan still exists. We do talk about it. Some churches or some people might just pretend that there's only good. There's only good, but you can't have good without the bad. Otherwise, it's just all. It's just one. It's just all one in there. It's one thing. But we can live in the knowledge he exists, but that his power has been fundamentally broken. The death still rears its ugly head. We do live in a world that has death, but ultimately, with a kingdom and eternal perspective, we have victory. And there is nothing to fear about the devil anymore. When we are in the all camp, not the nothing camp, when we're in the all camp, we can live in the victory of Jesus today through the power of the Holy Spirit while knowing the promise of what is to come. George, can I ask you to come up? We're going to finish something with the paper and the pens a bit later, but firstly, just want to come back to Colossians. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I'm not sure where you might be at today. What brought you to church? It might have been family, a friend. You might have been coming by and heard about C3 Norwood. But I want to say to you that Jesus can make you come alive. For He forgives, forgives all our sins. Life might be a struggle. You might be at the end of your tether. Or it might actually be going okay, but you feel like something is missing. Jesus satisfies. Where we're thinking we are lacking, Jesus satisfies. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. And in a moment, we'll pray a prayer together, confessing our need for Jesus. It's a private prayer between you and God. We're going to pray it together as a group. Because there's power in that unity. And I'm believing there'll be people here that might be praying that for the first time. Or maybe you have prayed a prayer like that before and done life your own way or just things have happened and reality has changed and maybe the power of the enemy has just, the darkness has just come in and you just need to come back to the light, come back to Jesus and do business with God this morning. You can also pray that prayer. So it might be for the first time or you might have done it before, but it's time to do business with God this morning. We're going to pray the prayer together. And then afterwards, after the service, I would love to have the opportunity to uh, say hello if that's the first time or the second time you've done that and share some next steps with you and help you understand the purpose of God for your life. And we'll also have a couple of people after the service available for prayer. And uh, we can speak to any one of the team that were up here this morning. Love to connect you with somebody to help you in the next steps to understand the purpose of God in your life. I don't know where you are at this morning. 
but God does. He is watching and He is waiting for you. Let's just close our eyes this morning. And let's pray this together. Jesus, I need you. I'm humbly calling out to you. I'm tired of doing things my way. Help me to start doing things your way. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Saviour. Fill the emptiness in me with your Holy Spirit and make me whole. Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to understand your grace, mercy and peace. Amen. Awesome. Be people here this pray that for the first time or maybe you prayed a prayer like that before, please don't leave the service without coming to speak to one of the, the team that were up speaking this morning or come for prayer after the service. We'd love to connect you in. Now to bring this to a conclusion, I'm just going to ask the band to come up on the stage. And today we're going to finish the series. It's been five weeks. We're going to finish it with a bit of a bang. We're going to finish it with a declaration that we are living in victory. Verse 54, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And where we have need for breakthrough into victory, we're going to declare it in faith and start living it. It's time for us to push back individually and as a church on the devil and say, no more. It's time for us to say no more. There might be things that the devil likes to remind us of in our life where we need to push them back. It might be in our family it might be in our relationships. It might be in our finances. It might be where the devil has been playing with our mind. We need to push back. We need to declare that we are in victory. It could be in areas of sickness. We might not be, today we might not be seeing victory in our life because there is sickness. There is It could be small, it could be recurring, it could be things like allergies. You know, one, one thing that I'm a little bit sick of is kind of just general sickness in our family. And today, the moment you're going to see, it's going to make sense. We're going to, we're going to stand and make a point and say, no more devil. It's time for, the, you know, I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody else in this room. It's time to see a little bit of more victory in our world in the relationships, to see people brought back into a relationship. Maybe there's been a divide and a, a spiritual thing going on in a relationship. We need to start bringing in some victory into our relationships and telling the devil to back off. Maybe it's in provision. Our finances have been up in the air over time. We need to declare that no more devil. We live in victory. We, we are blessed because we follow Jesus. He has made a way. 
and we're going to stand up. We're going to make a declaration. Maybe we need to push our faith, push our faith and believe that where we are at, we can push further in career and jobs. Maybe there's an obstacle in the way. There's interview after interview after interview. It's said no more. We need breakthrough here this morning. We need breakthrough in the house. We are not of those who shrink back. We are those who are pushing forward. Increase our level of faith. We may need to break through in habits and addiction. We may need breakthrough in emotional and mental health. There might be things in the series that we have covered in the last five weeks where we have got a reality check where we're making a decision and a stand to do something about it and see breakthrough and change and transformation in our world. Week one was foolish unity, which was not living out of the wisdom of our world, not living by Facebook quotes and Pinterest and Instagram, but by the wisdom of God. We need to make a declaration that we stand on that wisdom, the wisdom of God. We will see breakthrough. Week two was living with sexual integrity or any act that puts the individual over the community. We need to say no more. Week three was right to love, laying down our rights or our being right for the sake of love. Last week, the most excellent way was having love as our motivation for reaching others. Your mind, Jesus might be speaking to you right now about some of these things or today, might be deciding I am all in it's not nothing today it's all in now why do you have that piece of paper I want you to take that pen and that piece of paper and I want as many people as possible preferably everybody in the room to write down just one or two things not a sentence just one or two things that represent where you need breakthrough can I please have one too? I, I need to. I forgot. I need to write one. Cool. I've got a pen. Nice branded C3 Norwood pen. I'm just writing the house. You don't need to tell people what you're writing, but I'm just being a little transparent up here. Now I'm a little bit sick of this stuff. Write it down. What we're going to do is during this song we are going to sing we're going to declare it's the new song we did this morning we're going to declare we're going to see breakthrough in these areas during the song just take your time and the first couple of verses just to come forward and we're going to put these things in the basket you don't need to you don't need to like fold it up just in half is fine or just put it face down in the basket now you might be asking oh what why a bit of paper? Why a basket? Does a basket represent anything? Uh, no, not, not particularly. What the power is in is in the acknowledgement. It's saying to Jesus, I'm listening. I'm, I'm humble enough to do something about it. It's in the writing it down. It's in the action and the act of faith. It's like, why, why do we raise our hands and worship? It's just to physically open up our spirits because what we're doing and physically representing is what's happening on the inside. So coming forward is just 
a physical act of faith to step out of our current situation. We're literally stepping forward, but we're stepping in faith out of our situation spiritually to declare Jesus' victory and His Lordship over these areas. And I mentioned a few, there might be others, things we pray for every week. Whatever it is that Jesus is speaking to you about this morning, write it down on the paper. We're going to sing this song and we're going to push back the kingdom of darkness. We're going to see light spread. And we're going to see victory come into our world this morning. Come on, we're going to sing this morning. Thanks, man. So stand.
forward and praise one more time we're going to lift our voices let's just start singing our own song this morning and just start stepping into warfare and declaring victory this morning thank you Jesus Come on, every voice this morning. Lift up a shout of praise this morning. Let's lift up a shout of victory in the house this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what we have in the basket here, I'm going to ask Carmen to help me because she sort of knows what's going on. Under here, we've got a simple office shredder. Let's pull this. It makes a nice sound. I'm gonna ask my beautiful assistant to return to the stage. And what Carmen's gonna do is just grab handfuls and put them through the shredder for us. The things that we are declaring victory over, we are telling the devil no more, we are pushing back, are being dealt with this morning. I'm just going to take one out for a second. Why are we doing this? My Bible tells me by his stripes we are healed. My Bible tells me that victory was won on the cross. And sorry to the people that need to vacuum later. But victory is a little bit more important. My Bible tells me that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. 
what we have put on paper, what we are declaring in faith this morning. Let us be strong in our faith and stepping forward in victory and stick in prayer this week. Tell somebody you're accountable to what you wrote on the paper and tell, stand with me in agreement in victory. We're going to push back the work of the enemy. Awesome. And I'm going to close with this. Verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand what? Let nothing move you. Let's just lift our hands this morning and close our eyes and look to Him. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. You did the work on the cross. We thank you. We have victory eternally and we can bring the kingdom of heaven today. We stand in faith on the work on the cross and what that opens up. We thank you that your cross opened up your Holy Spirit to be freely available for all of us to empower us, to give us strength, to give us wisdom, to have your presence with us every day. We thank you that what we came in here with we leave on the paper. We leave behind and we walk out of here. We are all in. We are walking out of here in victory this morning. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise, a shout of victory this morning.